Well, what a truth. Jesus shall reign. Wherever the sun doth his successive journeys run. An old hymn, but packed with truth that we need to walk in today, to be aware of and conscious of. And it's so vital in these times to remind ourselves that Jesus reigns, that the Lord reigns. God reigns, Jesus reigns at his right hand. And it's not just a concept, a, a mental concept, or some kind of castles in the sky idea. You know, it's real. In the glory realm, in the spirit realm, the rule of Jesus is uncontested in heavenly realms. So when Jesus says, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven, he's really saying, pray that the unopposed, untrammeled sway and will of God, the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that exists in heaven with no opposition. You know, there are no elections in heaven. There's no opposition parties. The Lordship of Jesus is without question. And he's saying, pray that that happens here. And so it's so important for us because it's easy to say, well, you know, I know we pray the Lord's Prayer, but. And you know, the only people that but are those. So we need to stop butting and start being more like sheep than goats. And we need to pray. And you know, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or a righteous woman availeth much. So we need to be people who pray and not grow faint. And we need to pray what God says pray. And if you're like me, maybe you've been in prayer meetings where we pray everything but what God said to pray for. Or more accurately, we, we pray for stuff, but we don't pray for the important stuff. And the important stuff is the Lord's Prayer, particularly that portion. Uh, and also what we touched on in First Timothy chapter 2, where we pray for all men and for kings and those that are in authority. How many prayer meetings, revival prayer meetings, and nobody, nobody prays those prayers? Because we sometimes pray to impress other people, or we pray because we think we know what we should pray for. But you know, we ought to, we ought to start by praying what the scripture emphasizes. Anyway, let's get into Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Uh, the King James has the word heathen, and it simply means nations. Uh, I like the King James. Because the King James sometimes says things that other translations don't say. You know, God, God is very wise. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you've worked that out. And sometimes God has a sense of humor. So when we talk about the heathen here, we're not talking about... Uh, in the Hebrew, it means nations. But, you know, you can be in this nation... And find a lot of heathens, can't you? That old-fashioned meaning of heathen, uh, which simply means godless wretches in a lot of ways, doesn't it? And there's plenty of them. And there's plenty of heathen around us today. Uh, 
So, I like the old-fashioned meaning of heathen, but it, but it does mean nations. And the nations range, it says, or they're in a tumult. And here's the thing. If you look around planet Earth today, the nations are raging. They're in a tumult. And it's not just riots and violence and, you know, uplifted fists and taking the knee and all that stuff. They're in a tumult. And it says the people imagine a vain thing. The nations are in lockstep. And we'll see that in a minute. Because the same things that are happening in Britain, in England, in Scotland, in other parts, they're happening across the world having to wear these ridiculous masks. Other nations are doing that too. And it says, why do the, the nations raise or the heathen raise? And the people imagine a vain thing. And that, that, that word vain means futile. And, and it simply means things that are of no worth, no value, foolishness. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that the nations are in a tumult. And I'm not saying that people are pursuing futile things. I was speaking on this this morning in my home church. And I was talking about, look at the vanity that's there. When I say vanity, I mean the old sense of futility. I don't mean, you know, vanity or you're so vain. Vanity as in totally worthless, puerile nonsense. And here's the thing. Think about the internet. Think about social media, Facebook, Twitter, all these. All these people on Facebook and Twitter and, all, and Instagram are, Ranting and raving, often about utter nonsense. Didn't the Bible predict that? Didn't the Bible predict that people would pursue vain things? Especially the young, we're talking about that before the service. The young are hooked in all these nonsense social media things. And they're all vain and futile, nonsense. Scary stuff. Now here's the thing as well. I never thought about this until just a few days ago, really. I actually saw a woman speaking, and I thought, and I was so annoyed because I thought, I've never thought about this. And it was this, the woman said, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and all these things that we're talking about, they've got millions and millions of people on them. They're nations. A nation is, is a group of people, isn't it? Normally made up of millions of people. And they're not geographical nations, but they're virtual nations. And when it says here, why do the nations rage, the people imagine a vain thing, that actually describes social media. Or let me put it another way, it describes the world we live in today. So this is a prophetic word, I believe. And it says, and then he says, the kings of the earth set themselves. We don't have a lot of kings now, we don't have a lot of monarchies, but we do have presidents, prime ministers, chairman this, and don't we? We have all these types of... So in other words, we could say it this way, governmental leaders set themselves. Or in other words, they take up a position. And, and then it says, and the rulers take counsel together. How many know that rulers of nations are not always the people that live in the Downing Streets and White Houses and so on, because the rulers are often a hidden hand behind the throne, if you like. Businessmen, 
tycoons, magnates, with an agenda that because the money has given them the power, they decide that, that they will impose upon government leaders through extortion, blackmail, and bribery, and so on, their will and their purpose. You know, the Bible describes our world. And, and I will name people that Bill Gates, George Soros. You say, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're talking conspiracy now. No, I'm not. The Bible says that the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together, or that you could say they conspire together. So, Bill McMurdo is not saying there's a conspiracy. God's word says there is. So there is a conspiracy. So it's important for us to find out what it is and, and to identify it so that we can do something about it. And look what it says, the conspiracy. It says they take counsel together against the Lord. Have you ever wondered what they're doing in all these meetings, G20, G7, G8, economic summits, NATO, all these things? Have you ever wondered? Build a bit. You ever wondered what they're doing? Well, what, what are they talking about? What are they discussing? Well, we don't need to know the details. But it tells us here the agenda. It says it's against the Lord, against Yahweh, which is God the Father, and against his anointed. In other words, it's anti-Christos, anti-Christ. And you and I are the anointed of God because we're his people. So it's against God, against Jesus, and against the church. Who knew? Well, God knew. So you get people today saying, well, we have to follow the safety protocols. Now, I'm all for public health, public safety, uh, sensible quarantines, or if, if there's viruses and so on. But there comes a point, brothers and sisters, where we have to say, is it really about a virus? Or is it about control? And who are they trying to control? Well, again, I don't have to convince you of that. God's Word tells us exactly who. It says their agenda. Now, I'm not saying when they have these meetings and summits, the governments, that they don't necessarily talk about sensible things, good things even. But there's an anti-God, anti-Christ agenda. And you only, I'll let me just prove it to you in one sentence. Look at the laws they make. And in particular, look at the laws that they've been making in the last, say, 20, 30 years. Where we've gone from having laws that were basically lifted out of God's civic uh, code of, of law that he gave to Moses. That identified right and wrong, criminal, sin, you name it. And how they've totally reversed some of these laws when it comes to gender, marriage, things like that. Correct? But how did that happen? It happened just like he predicted. Because it says here, the kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, as against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. That's what they're saying. That, that's the agenda in that meeting that they're having. And all these meetings that we see in the news. Oh, the uh, national leaders have been meeting. Presidents, prime ministers, Donald Trump, EU, this summit, that summit. Yeah? The agenda is against the law. 
The agenda is against Christ, Antichrist. And then it says, what's it all about? Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Who's the they? Who's, who's cords? Who's bands? Who's the they that's identified here? Well, let me tell you plainly. You and I. The people of God. Church. Now I shared this this morning and I said... When we read this, we get a sense he's not talking really about third world leaders or, or leaders on the other side of the planet. You, you get the sense he's talking about important nations, don't you? The big nations, what we call the first world or the, 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 you know, the old way is, is the West, Western nations. Uh, used to call them civilized nations. Now, now we can't call them that. So he's talking about, he's talking about the, the, the Americas, the Britons, the Frances, the Spains, the big countries, the big nations of the earth. And he says that they're against his anointed and they're saying let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords. Who's the they? The they is Christians. Here's why. Because the first world countries are Christian nations. Certainly Britain was a Christian nation. Some would say still is, some would argue. Certainly America, right? So the Christian nations, America, Britain, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and others. So these leaders are saying we need to break free from something. And that's something they want to break free from is our history, our tradition, our legacy, our heritage as Christian nations and to change our laws from being Christ-based, Bible-based, Christian society, civilization to something that they want to replace it with. Which is all the isms, communism, socialism, feminism, humanism, atheism, all the isms. So they're trying to throw off the rule of God because they understand that if you have a Christian society and culture with laws based on God's word, then that is a bond and a cord and a restraint on them. So that's what they're trying to break off. And I'm going to tell you this, and I don't get it follow me, that thing in your face is part of their strategy, their tactics. I'm not saying I don't wear a mask, I try not to. Um, I go into shops without them. See if I, I get pulled up or not. And I get in a wee fight with whoever pulls me up. But most of the time we get away with them. But I'm not saying, oh, get out there and beat the fighter, rip your mask off and you know, swan into Sainsbury's. I'm not saying that. Because God has a better solution than you and I getting our placards out and going confronting number 10 Downing Street. There's a time to be confrontational, but there's also a time to be transformational. And in fact, in this psalm, we'll see both approaches. Now look what it says. He says, let us break their bands, or they say, let us break their bands asunder and cast away the cords from us. Let me show you, this is the second psalm. Let's look at the second last psalm, which is Psalm 149. I know I've preached this here before, but you know, sometimes the, 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 the greatest truths need to be repeated. Psalm 149. 
It's a short psalm again. Praise the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song. Oh dear. And his praise in the congregation of saints. Let me ask you a question. Do you, do you believe that the hidden sinister powers behind world governments don't know God's word? Or let me ask you another question. Do you think the devil knows God's word? Better than most Christians. So he's, he's, he's seen this and said this is how God works. So we need to, Satan's tactics will always be to try and shut down the operation of God. Just like any general in any army will try to nullify an opposing army by shutting down the things that work for them. That's why during the wars you would get U-boats uh, to the Germans trying to attack the shipping lines and, and, and also the, 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 the ships, the warships. Well, it is a rejoicing hand that made him, but the children of Zion rejoice from the king. Let's go to the book says, Verse 5, Let the saints be joyful in glory, let them sing aloud upon their beds. Well, you might not be allowed to sing in church, but you can sing in your bed still, correct? Now, here's a glorious truth that I want to show you in this. Because I believe God is challenging us here tonight to resist. Someone said to me the other day, talking about this, so you're going to rebel then? We're not rebels. But resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. I think it was Tyndall that said that, but also John Knox has been uh, uh, credited with that. But it's true. We resist because we resist the devil. Amen? We don't rebel against world governments and uh, you know, I'm going to give Boris Johnson a piece of my mind. Nope. Nobody needs that mess. Nobody needs a piece of your mind. We need the mind of Christ. We're not being political. There may be governmental leaders we don't like, we don't approve of, we just dislike them, but we're still commanded to pray for them. In fact, if you dislike them, I would say that doubles up the mandate to pray for them. I'm, I'm part of a group up in Scotland, and Man for Man, it's a, man, a men's group. We intensely dislike Nicholas Sturgeon. Intensely. But we've taken that as a command of God to pray for the women. That should be said. Well, that's future. Well, it might be futile, but I think it's biblical. And if it's biblical, it isn't futile. It's only futile to the cardinal. Amen. But listen to what I'm trying to say. Psalm 149 says, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. In other words, you don't need to get placards made and go in, on a, a march and do all that protesting stuff. You can, let me just put it in, in, in a nutshell. You can do this from your own bedroom. You can do it in your own bed. You know, you can have all night prayer meetings. You can have Jesus marches and protests and all that. But you can do this on your own bed, in your own room, in your own house. Because you're supposed to. Because here's the thing that I'm trying to get across to you. The seat of dominion in your nation is not just the governmental office at Downing Street or Westminster or whatever. It's you in your prayer closet. You're God's check and balance on tyrannical, ungodly, wicked rulers with wicked laws. You're the check and balance. 
and you can do it in your bed. Or the shower, even. <laughs> Whatever takes your fancy. He's saying, in other words, this is just part of your life. Look what it says. Let the high praise, verse 6, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You can't sing high praises, which means a, a full-throated roar with that stuff in your face. That's why they don't want to get the bass on. You know, we had this week a couple of outbreaks of COVID in Scotland. Guess where? Where you would expect pubs. In pubs. Clusters, outbreaks in pubs. So what is our First Minister's solution? Let's make churchgoers wear masks. Maybe she knows something that I don't, that you all rush out to the pub after, <laughs> after you're in here. You know, maybe you're all, you know, <laughs> in the beer gardens, you know, hurry up and finish this sermon because I've got to go and swallow five pints. The folk, this is what I'm saying. We need to stop pretending, brothers and sisters, that this is anything other than a suppression of God's people in church. Church has been closed, or was closed, for months. It's now still, and the, the restrictions are getting more severe. And what would what happened to the world when we were sitting in the house? It's great what Anne said, and I agree. It was an opportunity for personal, uh, developing your personal walk with God and relationship with Him. But the nations fell apart when churches were closed. And here's the thing. Maybe in previous times, governments would have noticed that and says we can't close churches. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, I believe, that's precisely the reason why they closed churches. Because they knew that it affected the time. You see, they know things more than some Christians know. But look what I'm saying. I'm trying to get to this. It says here, let the high praise of God be in the mouth and a two-edged sword, that's your Bible, in your hand, to execute vengeance upon the heathen or the nations and punishments upon the people. We read in the second psalm that the heathens, the, 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 the nations, sorry, are in a tumult. They're, they're raging. And it's saying here that the saints of God, the praises of God in their mouths and the Bible in their hands is the thing that brings God's judgment and God's authority over the nations and also punishments. We don't want to talk about the judgment of God. We just want to talk about how much Jesus loves us. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. He's not just a cuddly cosmic guru. He's Lord of all. And if God isn't judging the nations, we're in trouble, friends. To execute vengeance upon the heathen, punishments upon the people. Watch this. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. Didn't we just read in Psalm 2? Let's cast their bonds off. Let's cast these chains off. Let's get rid of these fetters. Because they know that a praying saint in his or her prayer closet or a prayer meeting in church with even just a few folks. In other words, the people of God who believe God, remember Reese Hills, anyone remember Reese Hills during the war? Prayed. And he's credited, and I believe rightly so, he and his prayer band, with destroying the Axis powers because we, we, were, we were in trouble as a nation, but it was the prayer of Reese Hills and other intercessors. 
that brought down the Reich and won the war for the Allies. Because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or a righteous group or a righteous people avails much. Don't you think the devil knows that? And don't you think that certain people in government know that? What is it said about John Knox, Mary Queen of Scots? She feet or, or, I think Mary Queen of Scots, um, or uh, another Mary. But anyway, she feared Mary Queen of Scots. She feared the prayers of John Knox more than the arms of Europe. Let me just say this to you: Our governments fear our prayers, but they'll never let you know. To bind their kings with chains and fetters, their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honour have all his saints, praise ye the Lord. The weakest Christian, the lowliest saint, not, not pastors and um, leaders, the lowly, the, every saint has this honour of going before God and saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, remove the wicked from power, raise up the body, give us righteous government, O Lord. Let your will be done in Britain, O Lord. Let your will be done in Carlisle, Lord. Let your kingdom come to Carlisle. Make Carlisle a Zion in the north. Make our church a, a place where people come to hear this message that the nations belong to the Lord. And we're going to see that now very quickly just as we close this. So that's the cords, that's the fetters. That's what they're talking about when they say, let us break their cords from us. And how are they going to do that? There's only one way they can do that, brothers and sisters, is to silence the church. Because you silence the church, you, you don't get Bible preaching. You silence the church, you don't get the high praise of God. So that's why they want to silence the church. So let's go back to Psalm 2. It says, let us break their bands asunder, cast away their cords. Verse 4 says, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh the Lord shall have them in derision. God's response to all this machination and, you know, conspiracy and he laughs at them. We need to get a laughing place, don't we? We need to be people who laugh at the plots and plans of men. Ruth was sharing the last time I was here about Psalm 37 and I was aware of it, I was reading it again about how we fret because of the wicked. We fret what's going on. But, you know, if you read Psalm 37, please do that. It just, the wicked disappear. They vanish. God brings the plans of the wicked to nothing, brothers and sisters. And it says that so many times in Scripture. We need to start believing what God's Word says and not what the Daily Mail or the Express or the Telegraph say. Because they only give you a viewpoint from earth. But I don't know about you, but I want, a, I want heaven's viewpoint. Heavenly viewpoint. So it says here, he'll have them derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. He says, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. What he's saying is this, Jesus is Lord over the nations and he's the governor of the kings of the earth. Not the Pope, not President Trump, not the head of the EU, whoever that is this week. 
Not all these politicians that, that love the power and love the, the, the acclaim and all of that. They're not the ruler of the nations and they're not the ruler of the kings of the nations. The Bible tells us very clearly Jesus is. And that's what they don't want to acknowledge. That's all irrelevant, all that Christian stuff. I don't think they really believe that, but they want you and I to believe that. And they want other people to believe it. So, but God says, I've, I've, I've picked my choice to be the leader of the free world. His name is Jesus. Sorry, President Trump. It's not you. Thankfully, President Trump, I, I believe, is aware of this and so on. So it's a good. But he says, I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, or the nations, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. I share this morning, just very quickly say this. The uttermost parts of the earth that are spoken of here, it's not just what we would say on the far ends of the globe and all the, the, the far corners of the globe. It's actually a literal uh, place in the ancient world. And the uttermost parts of the earth were what the Romans called Ultima Thule, the British Isles. That ought to throw you. And, and we've seen time and time again in history the Celtic saints came here with the Culti Church, with, with the Reformation, and all the revivals that we've had. The man we found in this church, George Jeffries, a mighty man of God, a mighty move of God. Year, years and years of it throughout history since, since Jesus was taken to heaven. Since he ascended, Britain has always had that special place. So we can take this and say, Lord, let Britain be your possession again. Amen? Let's, let's pray that prayer. Then it says, Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Then he starts to be, because that's quite severe, then he starts to be conciliatory. We'll close with this. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. If Boris Johnson walks through that door right now, maybe some of us would lambast him. But really what we should be saying is, look, you need, you need to, to wise up. Kiss the sun. Embrace the sun. Follow God's word. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Here's the greatest need of Britain today. That our leaders and the people, the people in these streets, everybody, needs the fear of the Lord. If the fear of the Lord fell upon these streets, you wouldn't have to put tracks to the doors. You wouldn't have to put announcements out there. You would turn up on Sunday or any other day of the week and there'd be a queue out there. This happened in many revivals in the past. They, they, they'd probably knock the door into the end. Not because this is a holy place, but because they need to hear something that will give them comfort because the fear of the Lord will drive them to a place where they will, they will fear for their eternity. And that's what we need. Then he says, Kiss the sun, lest he be angry, he perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, bless are all they that put their trust in him. So we need, how do we change, how do we change, how do we get out of what we're in just now? We need the supernatural and intervention of Almighty God. We need a, a great awakening. We need a mighty move of God. 
But we also need to change our wicked and ungodly, godless governments throughout the, all of, every part of Britain. Councils as well. We need God to remove the wicked and replace them with God or change the wicked. And if they won't change, if they've hardened their heart and failed, we need them prayed in. Amen? Amen. Well, that, that's, that's very severe. The times we live in, we can no longer play games. Business as usual will not work anymore. So let me urge you, brothers and sisters, to commit yourselves to praying. You can do it in your own bedroom, he says there. Do it in your own bed. Decree the decrees, pray the prayers, the things that are in his word, that the Lordship of Jesus would be manifest in Britain, that God would raise up righteous rulers, give us righteous government, and that, that, that Jesus be Lord over every part of the British Isles. The Lord bless you.